3: These are challenging times, but you don't have to navigate them alone. Welcome to How Can I Help? I'm Dr. Gail Saltz. I'm a Clinical Associate Professor of Psychiatry at the New York Presbyterian Hospital, a psychoanalyst and best-selling author, and I'm here every week to answer your most pressing questions, hopefully with understanding, insight, and advice. Stigma against mental illness is the number one reason people who are suffering with a mental health problem do not go seek treatment. For decades, stigma has been so immobilizing to those with psychiatric illness that sufferers and their families literally hid in shame. Silent. And that stigma extends to the medicine used to treat mental health conditions. People who could be helped by medication often turn it down because of the negative associations, or because of the side effects, or their fear of the side effects. That's what I'll be talking about today. How medication can be a crucial tool for one's mental well-being, and what to consider when it's suggested as a treatment. But first, some background. Public education and increased awareness about mental illness, as well as sufferers being increasingly public about their struggles and their treatments, has decreased stigma over the last couple of years. Treatments for psychiatric disorders have lagged behind treatments for other medical disorders, and the history of types of treatments were often incorrect and scary. A history which includes lobotomies and induced diabetic seizures left many people with a terror of what terrible things were done in the name of a cure for mental illness. This kind of history, though very long ago, And having nothing to do with the treatments of today left many people frightened by what an active treatment for psychiatric illness can do. After the book Listening to Prozac by Peter Kramer came out in 1993, there was both a flurry of excitement about newer antidepressants and also a concerned backlash against whether medication can change your personality. There is no evidence to support the concerns about a personality change. But the uproar about those fears left many people unsure. It's also true that almost all medications have side effects, and some people experience side effects more than others. At times, side effects can even be intolerable, making it seem that the cure is worse than the illness. But the reality is that psychiatric medications can be literally life-saving. Medication for severe depression, anxiety, psychotic disorders, disorders of mood instability, panic disorders, obsessive-compulsive disorder, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and even autism spectrum disorders can mean the difference between a life well-lived and a life barely lived at all. When to start medication, which medication to start, and how to manage the medication is a decision to be made with an experienced psychiatrist who has thoroughly evaluated you. Use of medication isn't always necessary if psychotherapy alone is working, but most studies have found that for moderate to severe psychiatric illness, medication plus psychotherapy is the most effective for the largest percentage of people. Even though this information is well accepted and known amongst professionals, continued stigma makes many people still feel uncertain about medication. That's why today I am answering a question from Jay, who emailed me and whose question reminds me of a common concern I've gotten from many past patients. So let's get to it and see how can I help? Jay writes, during last summer, my depression and anxiety took a nosedive for the worst. I ended up talking to my therapist about medication, which for me was a last resort. I've always been afraid of getting on psychiatric medication due to a negative past experience with medication. All those scary potential side effects they list, and due to my family insisting, taking psychiatric medication long-term would make me not myself and have drastic side effects on my physical health. Quite a few people that I talk to about this, in fact, present the same thinking that my family does and suggest that I should resort to more natural remedies instead, like vitamins, meditation, or increased exercise. Now that I'm on medication, I've actually felt happier than I have ever felt before the pandemic. Still, I find that stigma against medication everywhere I look and find myself attempting to explain scientifically why medication is good for me and not particularly harmful to my health. I could use some advice on how to navigate this new world I find myself in. So here's my question. How do psychiatric medications affect our brains? What is the science behind how antidepressants alter our brain chemistry? Why do patients often need to take medication for a very long time? And how does altering brain chemistry have an effect on persistent mental illness? How can I approach someone who is more concerned with the side effects of my medication than the good it has done for me? And why are people so stigmatized against psychiatric medication? Thank you. Well, Jay, I'd like to start by saying that the proof is in the pudding. And as you have experienced, medication can reduce symptoms of both anxiety and depression dramatically. And I applaud you for the bravery to try and find that out. I'd also like to say that being questioned or shamed by other people who do not know what it feels like to be in your skin, who though they may care for you and want what's best, don't always know how it truly feels to have your depression and anxiety. They're simply biased and uninformed on their end, and there is zero reason for you to accept their judgment. You can handle this one of two ways. From your question, I see you are thinking to handle it by providing them with a proper education so they can understand the facts and thereby change their mind and support your choice. As I mentioned earlier, it's true that psychoeducation can make a big difference for many people in diminishing stigma. The general understanding that mental illness is a difference in the organ, the brain, that it is biologic, and that medications affect the neurochemicals of the brain, which is what provides relief of symptoms. This has gone a long way to moving the needle of stigma away from the previous idea that illness is your own fault and a moral weakness or failure that you can will your way out of. And there are some things to explain that may help others understand how medication works why it can be more effective in a different way from psychotherapy. So I will answer that area first, but keep in mind that there are people who for their own personal reasons are so uncomfortable with medication, often medications of any type for any problem, that facts will not sway their mind. In that vein, I say to you, as a second option, you do not need everyone's support and approval to do what's best for you. The fact that you feel better Than you have even from before the pandemic is evidence enough that medication is decreasing your symptoms, allowing you to be yourself without mental illness causing you to suffer. Psychiatric medications alter brain chemistry by either inhibiting or increasing neurochemical output or reuptake. The goal is usually to increase or decrease the overall available amount of the particular neurotransmitter or neurotransmitters that are available for use certain neurotransmitters have been found to be decreased in the setting of depression for example many antidepressants work by increasing the amount of the neurotransmitter serotonin and or norepinephrine that is around neurotransmitters are chemicals that go from one neuron in the brain to another and in doing so pass a message along the neurons basically This is how neurons talk to each other. And the neurotransmitters are really the words. Everything you feel, think, experience is all communicated through various neurotransmitters. Medications can change neurotransmitter levels, but so can psychotherapy. It just takes longer with psychotherapy and it does so in different neural pathways, sometimes than the medications. This is why we talk about psychotherapy being what's called a top down approach, meaning you make changes in the frontal lobe of the brain, the top part, where cognition resides, because you are changing thought patterns, versus what's called the bottom up approach, where you make changes to deeper brain structure, which is really what happens with medication. Either way, over time, all of the brain is affected because the neural pathways ultimately connect to and talk to the entire brain. I don't know which medication you are taking, but today commonly used antidepressants for anxiety and depression cause a neurotransmitter called serotonin and or norepinephrine to not get taken back up by the neurons. And therefore, in effect, there is more around to be used for communication. Effectively, Increasing your levels. How can I help with Dr. Gail Salts? We'll be back after this short break.
2: Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like ah. <sighs>
0: Bright Rug Flooring.
3: You ask, why stay on it for such a long while? Studies that have looked at the rate of relapse for depression, for example, in people who stopped their medication, have found that stopping before being in a full remission, in other words, feeling better, for less than 9 to 12 months found a much higher likelihood of relapsing. Therefore, it is recommended to stay on the medication for at least this period of time. In addition, what is it that prevents a relapse later? A few things. Psychotherapy can give you other tools to help prevent future struggles, making relapse less likely. If you have tried to come off your medication and relapsed, then you actually could be a person who needs some augmenting of neurotransmitters on an ongoing basis. This is not everyone, but for some people, especially those with, for example, lifelong depression and a strong family history of depression, may find that they need to be on medication in an ongoing way. The reason it is important to treat as early as possible and to avoid relapses is because of a neurological phenomenon called the kinetic effect it seems that neurons that are rarely used stay small and weak but neurons that get used again and again build up size and strength so a first depression has connections that are essentially a small country road but with a relapse and more activity that country road gets trod upon and gets stronger future relapses and untreated illness Makes the likelihood of future relapses even greater because the country road has become a superhighway. This concern must be weighed against the desire to come off medication and stay off. While other interventions like psychotherapy can help you even a lot, some interventions like vitamins do not have data to support their effectiveness against major depression. 30 minutes of aerobic exercise three to four times a week does help. Mild depression, but it's not sufficient for very severe depression. Similarly, meditation may help milder anxiety, but it is not an effective treatment for severe generalized anxiety disorder. Medication is not needed for all milder illness, but these other coping tools are not known to be effective against more severe disease. This is why it is really a decision to be made with a psychiatrist. One other reason to take medication is that if your symptoms are severe, it can affect your ability to learn new things. For example, the skills you would learn in psychotherapy. So, if anxiety symptoms affect your cognitive ability to participate meaningfully and therefore absorb what you're learning in therapy, you may need medication in order to reduce the symptoms enough to engage in and use the therapy. In this case, The medication may be able to be stopped after psychotherapy has been effective and decrease the symptoms. Side effects can be bothersome, for some people extremely so, but really for most people far less distressing than the symptoms of the depression or the anxiety disorder. In terms of how to explain this to other people, a straightforward, I feel so much better and my doctor feels this medication is safe and effective for me will do. If you feel you even wish to discuss the issue with them at all, you know how you feel and that's better. You are under no obligation to convince anyone else of the appropriateness of your choice. Some people who are anti-anything feel exceedingly invested in their views such that no information will change that. And that is truly about them and not about information that you can provide them. Having walked in the shoes of depression and anxiety, you are truly in the best position to choose the best treatment for yourself. I hope that was helpful. Depression and anxiety disorders are among the most common of mental health issues in this country. That was the case prior to the pandemic, and in recent numbers from the CDC, it now appears that depression and anxiety have gone up 41% since the start of the pandemic. Therapists are oversubscribed and many have waiting lists. It is valuable and important to find a way to utilize therapy if you are struggling, even via telemedicine, or an app if need be. But for people who feel their depression or anxiety is really compromising their ability to function, then medication can be just as important. Most medications take a few weeks to start working. And unfortunately, Sometimes it does take more than one try to find a medication that works for you with tolerable side effects as well. This is why it's important to start treatment as early as severe symptoms become evident and not wait until it's going on for some time. If you are on medication and start to feel better, it's also extremely important not to just stop your medicine. Most medications can have a withdrawal syndrome if abruptly stopped, a syndrome that feels really terrible. They need to be slowly tapered under the care of the prescriber to avoid withdrawal. And at least as important is the real risk of relapse if stopped too soon, and then you're starting from square zero again. When in question, discuss it with your doctor. Do you have a problem I can help with? If so, email me at howcanihelp at senecawomen.com. All senders remain anonymous. And listen every Friday to How Can I Help? with me, Dr. Gail Saltz.
1: Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos,